we're going to look at this concept of wrapped gifts. Pastor, what does that mean? Well, uh, for so much of what we do today in society and culture, it's all about the show, isn't it? It's all about the image. It's all about the facade. That's what it looks like. Uh, we, I, I know none of you have ever done this, but have you ever gotten a Walmart gift in a Gucci gift bag? Come on. I mean, I know that's never happened. You understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was said Gucci on the bag, and it was uh, Salvation Army on the inside. Come on, and you, you know, uh, so uh, we, 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 it's the appearance. <laughs> it, it's it's the at, it's you know we we we're all about the show, but not about the go in our culture today, and and so we we are we are consumed and and oftentimes infatuated with image, with labels, with outer and we forget the most important things so what we're sharing this month what I'm sharing and teaching is wrapped gifts and and, and kind of my basis or what, what I want to share with us is that often God's greatest gifts have come to us wrapped in the most unlikely packages often God's greatest gifts have come to us wrapped in the most unlikely packages there's no we'll, we'll talk about it some more particularly the the, the Sunday right there a couple days before Christmas, but n nothing is more obvious than Jesus being wrapped in, in, in the package of a little helpless infant to come be the Savior of the world. It's just God's way. We often overlook some of the people around us because they're just not wrapped in what we anticipated people to be like. I've shared with you before that uh, one of my just spiritual heroes I admired as a young pastor uh, I would read his books and and uh, and and listen to his such faith he had was Dr. Paul Youngi Cho who who began a church in Seoul, Korea, in the slums of Seoul, Korea, right at the end of the Korean War, and the church began in a cast-off army mess tent that was considered to be no good and thrown away, and this young single pastor called of God, this young man who had was dying and had been healed by Jesus Christ and converted to Christianity, called to serve God, started a church in a cast-off army tent that grew to become the largest church in the world. 700,000 adult members started in that one little place. And so I loved his faith. I love, I don't know, I don't, you know, I know I'm different than most people and I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I'm comfortable in my skin. How many of you are, com are you comfortable in your own skin? I'm okay with who God made. I, everybody else's heroes, you know. Uh, my heroes are, are guys like this. And uh, so I read his books about faith and about prayer. And, 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 and you know, I, I was growing. I said, God, I want that kind of faith. God, help me to, to do something significant for you in my lifetime, something that lasts. And, and uh, so I remember finally I was invited to go to a conference and... and uh, Dr. Cho was going to be one of the speakers. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. You know, because I've been reading his books. and I've been following from afar, you know. And he was stirring up my faith. And so so I, not, not only was I going to get to go to this conference for pastors, and, uh, an invitation to come. And then, then they told me that, Pastor, we want you to, uh, following the message, that we, you're gonna, we want you to come back and, and meet Dr. Cho personally. I was like, oh, my goodness. I, I was so fired up. I was just, you know, I thought, this this is going to, this is my moment, you know, and I, and I didn't want to act geeky, you know what I'm saying, you know, you know, I didn't want to act like, you know, uh, uh, that, that kind of guy, so I, I didn't bring anything for him to sign, you know, and I didn't have, uh, see, 
it just happened right there. I saw it, didn't you? That, anyway, we just got confetti down. Anyway, so see, I, talk, I can't help it. I see things and there it go. So, so I'm going to meet Dr. Cho. And I'm so excited. And I'm so pumped up. And I've thought about it for weeks. And I'm ready. And, and, and you know, after the service, we, we, and I've never gotten real close to him, see. So I come back in, and, and back in the green room. And there he is. And I walk up to Dr. Cho. And I'm not a big guy, you know. And I walk up to Dr. Cho. And he's about that tall. And I'm like, in my mind, this is not what a superhero looks like. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't look like an Avenger. That's not Hulk. That's not Thor. You know, what, 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 what? He's like this. There's Dr. Cho, my hero. And I'm looking down at him. And I'll never forget the Holy Spirit said to me. I was just kind of shocked. You know how you had the preconceived idea? And I looked at him and the Holy Spirit said to me, I'll never forget it. George, you should see what he looks like on the inside. One of my greatest moments I thought was going to be meet Dr. Cho. But the big moment was for God to teach me a lesson right there in that. We get lost with the package. You understand? We miss the moment because of our preconceived ideas. I think very often God sends us an answer and we don't recognize it. I'm going to share my message next week. Next week, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you this, how sometimes your blessing comes wrapped in an enemy. Your blessing comes wrapped up in an enemy. I'm going to teach you that next week. But today, I want us to look at this. Today, I want us to look at this unlikely gift wrapping. Sometimes, what God's going to do in our life comes wrapped in delay and discouragement. Pastor, what in the world? Well, we, you have to take a second look. That's what this whole teaching is about. Sometimes, the very thing I want... The very thing that means the most to me comes wrapped in delay and discouragement. And if we're not very careful in those moments, we won't take the time to unwrap that gift. We'll just pass it by. We'll hand it off when what you've been praying for is wrapped up inside that delay and that discouragement. So I want us to go to Zechariah, and we're going to see an instance here. Now, if, if you guys are... Are, are, are good church attenders and, I, and you are to come out in the rain on this morning and, and you know she said where's everybody else that's usually here well they're coming at 11 because they were up all night cleaning this place so, uh, so here's what we're going to see do you remember my in my I just finished this series on the spirit of thanksgiving and in that and one of my messages I referred to a heathen king the king of the, the Medes and the Persians his name was Cyrus and you remember Cyrus was prophesied by Isaiah 200 years before he was born. God named him. Isn't that amazing? By name, God said, I'm going to raise someone up named Cyrus who's going to set my people free and release them out of captivity. Now watch this. When Isaiah gave that prophecy, the nation of Israel had never been overcome. No one had ever taken the city of Jerusalem. No one had ever defeated them since they, uh, to that degree since they'd been back or, or had been established on their land. But God says, 200 years before it happens, I've got a guy who's not even born yet that I'm going to use who doesn't, again, he's not born. You don't know what captivity is. You don't know what it means to come back. Isn't it amazing that 200 years before your problem comes, God already created a solution for your problem? How encouraging is that? 
So Cyrus overcomes Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the Persians, who had defeated Jerusalem and taken thousands, some say as many as 50 to 75,000 Jews had been marched to Babylon as the spoils of war. They were there as captives. And now God raises up a man named Cyrus who doesn't even honor God, but God's going to use him for his purposes. And he defeats Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. And when he becomes king over that region of the world, he chooses to release God's people and send them back to Israel. Somebody presents to him the prophecy of Isaiah. The guy doesn't understand it all, but he says, I'm going to do what this says. And they go back. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm setting us up for Zechariah 4. So the people come back. And when they came back, they were so excited. We're free. We're going home. We're going to get to return to our city. And when they came back there, all of a sudden, they were reminded how utterly devastated Jerusalem was. The Babylonians that had defeated them and taken them captive had destroyed the city. They had burned it. They had destroyed it. And Solomon's great temple had been torn down to the ground. But they, were, they said, it's okay because God put us here and we've got a dream to rebuild our city and we're going to build the altar and then build the temple around it and, and life is going to be good again. And, we, and here we are in Zechariah chapter 4 and 12 years later, they still haven't rebuilt the temple. That started off excited. They had a dream and a vision. We're going to rebuild our city. We're going to rebuild our temple. We're going to worship God. Twelve years later, it's over. They'd stopped building. They'd given up. They'd been discouraged. And God raised up a prophet. How many are thankful God has a word for us when we need it the most? Maybe, maybe today God will use me in your life like he did this prophet and, and, and cause you to look one more time at that dream you have that's been wrapped up in delay and discouragement. So what do we need to hear when our dream is wrapped in the package of delay? What do I need to do to open that package up that's holding this thing that's so important to me, okay? Let's look in Zechariah 4, and I want to do this from the Amplified Translation. Let, let's see this. Read along with me. You may or may not have that on your device, or you may not have the Amplified Translation, but let's look right here. This is, this is the prophet Zechariah sharing the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, the governor, over Jerusalem at this time, all right? He says, then he said to me, there had been this, uh, in the vision he had given him, there were these, these uh, the candlesticks, uh, uh, lamps. And he says, this continuous supply of oil, which represents the Holy Spirit. Someone say continuous supply. Come on. Huh? Never runs out. This continuous supply of oil is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Prince of Judah, saying, okay, what did he need to be reminded Staring at delay and discouragement. Are you listening to me, church family? Because if this word for him is for you and I today. Anybody ever had to wait on something? Anybody have ever delay? Anybody got something right now wrapped up in delay? And if you look at it too long, it becomes what? Discouragement? And if you look at discouragement too long, so what does it mean to be discouraged? It means my courage left me. I've been, I've been discouraged. It's like being disemboweled. My, my heart was tight. I've been discouraged. I know a lot of people who used to be very courageous. Come on. Remember when you first got saved, how courageous you were? 
how, how reckless your faith was. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? I'm not scared of reckless Christians because I know a bunch of dead ones. Huh? I'm never intimidated by fired up, Holy Ghost, radical, faith-believing Christian. They don't intimidate me because I got enough sitting on the bench. They need to mix them together. It'll all work out in the end. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? I, I, I've got enough people that are petrified that I'm not, I'm not worried about the electrified. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? So, so it, it's all going to work. So, so look at this. So he says, it's not by might. What do I do when I got to the point where I'm so discouraged by my weight that I want to give up? What's the first thing God says to us? He says, I want to remind you that it's not your ability that's going to get this thing done. I want to remind you it's not another human being that's going to get this thing done. I need you to get your eyes off your current situation. And the first thing God says to a person whose promise is wrapped in the package of delay and discouragement is it's not by might and it's not by power but it is by my spirit whom the oil is a symbol that never stops says the Lord of hosts not by might come on let's say that it's not by might it's not by power but it's by my spirit says the Lord some of you need to get your mirror out and look at it and say it's not by might it's not by power it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Listen, when you've called everybody on your phone and they couldn't help you, huh? when you've been through everything and it ran out, when your checkbook's empty, when you got a pink slip, when nobody called you back, when you, nobody liked you on Facebook, nobody responded to your Twitter, nobody knows who you are, it's not by might it's not by power it's by the spirit of the living God sometimes you've got to get to a place when all you have is God but when all you have is God you're going to discover all I needed was God to get me from point A to point B sometimes that package that looks like the ugliest worst thing I've ever seen in my life is wrapped around the best thing you'll ever discover in your life that God is there when nobody else is there. I'm preaching too soon. I shouldn't have started on the first verse. Well, let's go to verse 7. So he said, so the first thing he did is say, we need to be reminded about who's in charge here. I need to remind you about who sent you back to the city and who delivered you from captivity. It wasn't a man. It was the hand of God. It wasn't Cyrus. God said, I, I just used, you know, I, I, no, I don't have time. Let me see. No, I don't have time to talk about that. See, he said, <laughs> it, it wasn't about Cyrus. It wasn't that he was bigger than Nebuchadnezzar. It wasn't he was greater. It was just who I used. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's by my spirit. Then he says this. Now let's look at the problem again, okay? So let's, let's get our focus right. Get your perspective right. Then he says, what are you, O great mountain? of obstacles before Zerubbabel. Look at this. I love this. Who will rebuild the temple? He, see the word of the Lord. He said, look, I told you you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Well, I had forgotten what I promised you. So, so who are you, great mountain of obstacles before Zerubbabel, who will build the temple? You will become a plain, insignificant. All right, so let's stop there. So here's what he says. There's a mountain that's caused the delay and the discouragement. It's real. It's there. The, the, the thing that had stopped the rebuilding, there were two things. One, they hadn't counted on was the 
absolute rubble that was everywhere they came. I mean, the city was devastated. They couldn't begin to rebuild the temple until they cleared out all the trash left from the devastation. And can I tell you, you need to be patient because here's what I've learned. When you allow God into your life, listen, sometimes we, we've been making bad choices for 30 years and then we want God to put it all together in 30 minutes. There's some garbage that has to get out so God can find something to build what he wants to do. Sometimes it's demolition before it's rebuilding. How many understand what I'm saying? Sometimes the garbage truck comes by before the blessing truck comes by. Sometimes we've got to unload some things. Are you with me? Because they're in the place of the next thing God wants to do. Sometimes I've got to be willing to go through the clean out before I can have the build up going on in my life there's some rubble see it's kind of like this the Bible's very clear there's a process of sowing and reaping right sowing and reaping now, now let me give you some some help uh, most of the trouble in our lives that people want to blame God with or for is really just the result of seeds we've been sowing are, are you with me we've been doing this and, the, and, the, and unfortunately, the crop's coming in. Now, here's what happens when you become a Christian. The good news is you stop sowing, pardon my language, those stupid seeds. <laughs> you get a brain. You grow up. You begin to look at life. So the good thing is that when you accept Christ, you stop sowing. And, and I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that word. Let me, the irresponsible seeds that you had sown before. So, so the good news is you stop that sowing and that crop's going to stop coming in the future of your life. But before you got saved, you'd already planted a lot. Are, are, are you with me? <laughs> I hate to tell you this. You planted it. Some of it's coming. I, I just have to be honest. Some of it's coming. Okay? All right, Listen. You spent every dollar you ever made and borrowed 15 times what you've ever made and you got in debt and you're in bankruptcy. I, I'm going to tell you, I got to be straight with you. You can give your heart to Jesus today, but I'm not going to promise you're going to drive out and your car is going to be full of money. I just, huh? I know Jesus loves you, but the judge may not. Everybody with me? All right. So. So here's the good news, though. You become a Christian. You stop sowing the crazy seeds. So the good news is that harvest is going to stop coming in your life. And you have Jesus walking with you while you're living over the last crop. You, huh, you got me. You got me. So they had to clear some garbage out. Had to move some things out of the way. And, and, and that was a little intimidating. And then while they're trying to do that, all the people who had been living on their inheritance, the Samaritans that had come in and the other, others that were living there that didn't belong there, who wouldn't have been there had they not failed God and been taken away, now those people began to intimidate them. There will always be somebody, when you make up your mind to live for God, that will tell you, this isn't going to work. You're never going to make it. God's not going to answer that prayer. It's not going to work for you. It's not going to happen. So they're having to get rid of... See, we like to build the temple, but we don't enjoy clearing out the garbage before we get started. 
Everybody likes to build a temple. Nobody likes to clear out the garbage. See, we don't like that stage. We, we don't want to go there. So while they're having to, they, we want to build a temple. We want to worship God. We, we, we want our temple back. But he says, we're going to do that. But while they're cleaning this out, then other people start saying, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. You people don't know what you're doing. What do you make you think you can get this thing built back? So they, now they're having to clear the garbage and, and they're, they're being intimidated and harassed and opposed by these people. And finally, their own people get discouraged. Say, you know, I, I know we need to build a house of God, but I need somewhere to live. And Haggai, who prophesied, we'll read in a moment here, uh, at the same time, God sent two prophets to Zerubbabel, Haggai and Zechariah. And, 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 and people began to say, well, you know, look, man, I know, it was, I know God said it, but you got to be careful using that conjunction in your life. <laughs> got to be delicate how I say that. You, you, gotta, you know, I know God said this, but I know we need to build a temple, but, you know. And, 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 and hey, look, Zerubbabel, we're going to get back to you on this. But I got to get my house done over here, all right? Let me, let me get my house built. I'll get back. And, and this one said, you know, Zerubbabel, uh, and, and we can make it sound spiritual. Come on, listen, everybody with me? Now, Zerubbabel, I want to be a big donor to the temple project, okay? So I got to get my business built over here. And once I get my business built, I'll get back with you on that temple because I'm going to be a donor. Everybody look at, come on, it's all right. I want to be a big giver to the temple. I, I'll tell you, listen, man, I got a plan. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a big giver. But, and so once I get my business built, I'm going to get right back with you on this temple thing. You got me? I got you, man. I got you. All right. Got you. Don't worry. Twelve years later, they've all quit. Zerubbabel was looking at that temple. They'd built the altar. They'd laid the foundation. It was done. Nobody showed up for years. Twelve years. And God told him, you're going to build this thing. There's nobody to help him. And some of us sit here today and carry a promise inside of us. And God said, I'm going to do this. It's going to happen. This is what my plan is. This is what we're going to do. And, and, and that promise has become wrapped in a delay and a discouragement. We're trying to make this thing happen. And, and, and we're thinking about the miracles that God has done. And, 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 and so we come back here. But, but can, I, can I help you? He said, this mountain is going to become a plain. That mountain, he said, I'm going to level it. This mountain you can't get over. I'm going to make your highway out of that mountain. I'm, go I'm going to knock down what stopped you, and it's going to be your step to the next thing in your life. I'm not through with you. He says, look at this. And he, Zerubbabel, will bring out the capstone of the new temple with loud shouts of grace, grace to it. The capstone. Oh, that's, that's like the bow on this package of discouragement. The capstone. In building these temples, all the stones were carved in the beginning. They were all, the temples designed, the stone carvers carved them and brought them to the site. And the capstone is not the cornerstone, it's the capstone. It's the last stone they lay when a project's through. The last stone. The last piece. The victory stone, the hallelujah stone, are you with me? The celebrated, throw a dance, have a party stone is the capstone. And he says, that mountain, all your opposition, I'm going to take care of that. 
And he said, and I want you to know that you're going to bring it out. And you are going to put that capstone on. But see, that capstone had become something that mocked him. It was part of the wrapping that just discouraged him. Because every time Zerubbabel would walk out to that temple site and no one was there. Every morning he walked out to start the work and nobody showed up. Before he left, he looked at that capstone and it mocked him. Laying there, weeds growing over it. Talking to him. When are you going to put me up? When am I going to get off the ground and get on this building? He didn't even want to look at the capstone anymore. You ever had that in your life? This thing mocked him. The promise began to mock him. The prophecy began to intimidate him. The thing that he wanted the most began to be the thing he wanted to see the least. Because it's laying there saying, what are you going to do with me? And God's not afraid to walk right up to the hardest thing in your life and say, I told you what I was going to do. I called you by your name. I haven't forgot who I am. You need to remember my power and my spirit. I'm going to move the mountain. And that capstone that has mocked you for these years, I will put your hand on it and you will put it where it belongs. And God says, we're going to shout grace, 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 grace. You know what happens sometime in your life? When you reach the long delay and the impossibilities and you've run out to the end of all your options, you need to back up and look at that thing that's been mocking you. That long delay, that delay discouraged package. And you need to look at it and say, you know what I say to you? I say grace, grace. Grace, the grace of God, the grace of God. Grace means God can do something I can't do. Grace means God will make a way when I don't know how to make a way. Grace means it's not over till God says it's over. Instead of running from our wrapped up packages, we need to walk up to them and say, I say the grace of Almighty God. You might have to do it quietly, but you need to go home today maybe and walk around some people in your house. Listen, you can shout on the inside when you can't shout on the outside. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? There's some people that live with you. If you shouted grace at them, they might shout something else back at you. So they might call some people to come get you. Listen, they don't understand the God who says not by might not by power but by my spirit they don't know the God you know whose grace found you when everything else had abandoned you and the grace that saved us come on when it was impossible is the same grace that'll unwrap that package that's been mocking me all these days so you just need to have a grace party at your house you may need to get on the outside of the house you know, if they ask you what you're doing, just tell them you're looking at the grass. It doesn't matter. Just walk around. Grace, grace. I say grace in this house. Grace in this house. Grace to my mountain. Grace to my capstone. Before you get out of your car to go to work tomorrow, you may need to sit there and say grace, grace. Grace, grace, grace. Before you go to school tomorrow, listen, they can't, you, you're not supposed to pray in school. You can pray anywhere you want to pray. 
You can't stop somebody from praying. My God, you, you've got to take my brain out before you can stop me from praying. If I can think, I can pray. You don't have to hear me. I'm not praying to you. I'm praying to the God who hears every thought in my mind. And just walk up and down the hall inside your head. Grace, grace, grace over this place. Grace over this place. He said, Zerubbabel, we're going to get this done. So let's keep reading. So look, look at verse 8. Look at this. He says, what, come on. He said, also the word of the Lord came to me saying, come on, look at this. The hands of Zerubbabel, come on, listen to, listen. The hands of Zerubbabel that laid the foundation of this house. Listen, God's not the God who forgets what he starts. God's not the God to neglect what he told you to do. He said, Zerubbabel, you laid it. You started it. You put the foundation down. I know everybody left you. I know nobody cares anymore. I know it looks impossible, but he said, the hands that laid the foundation uh, and his hands will finish it. Then you will, look at this, look at this. Then you will know, recognize under full stand that the Lord of hosts has sent me as his messenger to you. Then look at the first sentence of verse 10. Just first sentence. Come on, look at this. Who with reason despises the day of small things. Come on. Do you know what you have to do when it reaches the impossible stage? When your promise and your hope and your dream has been wrapped up in delay and discouragement. You know what he says? You need to begin to remember it's the power of God's spirit. You need to remember it's by the grace of God. You need to shout grace at some of your mountains. And then he says, look, look, look. You are the one that started it. God put you to this. He's not only the alpha, the starting God. He's who else? He's the omega. He's the finishing God. He, the Hebrews 12 says, he's the author and the finisher, the perfecter of your faith. He's not the destroyer of your faith. He's the perfecter of your faith. So your hand started it. Your hands are going to finish it. Your hands are going to put the capstone on. You're going to see the faithfulness of God in the land of the living. You're going to see him do what he said he would do. And he said, don't ever despise the small beginnings. What does that mean? You and I, looking at this package wrapped in delay and discouragement, must, listen to me, start doing something about it. Start the small thing. See, they had reached a place of, of discouragement paralysis. Nobody came to work on the building anymore. They had given up. Nobody did that. It, it, it would be like, a, you know, it'd be like an athlete that got hurt, and and maybe a world class athlete, maybe an all pro football player, and he blew his knee out, and he's laying there in the hospital, and his legs up like this, and boy, it'd be easy to be discouraged, wouldn't it? You start hearing, you're, you're never going to run again. You're never going to play again. You better hold on that first contract, pal, because you're never getting another one. It's over for you. And you know, you know how he gets back? You know how he gets back on the field? Little things. One therapy session at a time. Huh? One therapy at a time. Pastor Emilio recently had a shoulder surgery. You know, he likes to lift weights. And, he said that there was one position where he, he was real proud of himself. He was lifting his arm up like this. And he said the therapist looked at him and laughed. He said, what? He said, I'm going to give you a one-pound weight. And he said he put a one-pound weight in my hand. He said, I couldn't pick it up. One pound. One pound. How do you get your 
mojo back spiritually. How do you get over those mountains and shout grace? You do one little thing. You do one little thing. You quit laying in that bed crying about what happened and get up and do something with where you are. Get up. You have to get up. You have to get up. You have to get up. Well, God hadn't answered my prayer. Well, pray another prayer. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. I'm going to get another word on this thing. Huh? I got to get up. I got to do something. I got to stop despising small beginnings. If I can't do it all in one day, I'll do what I can today. Huh? If it's not going to happen overnight, it's going to happen one step at a time. If I can't do it in a day, I'll do it in a week. If I can't do it in a week, I'll do it in a month. If I can't do it in a month, I'll do it in a year. If I can't do it in a year, it may take me 12 years. But God said, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by His Spirit. And He told me, shout grace. And He said, the hands that lay the foundation will be the hands that put the capstone in and he said stop despising your small beginning nobody else will applaud you nobody else is there crowds never come for the little things but do the little thing marriages don't seem to be healed the first time you say I'm sorry but say it anyway marriages don't seem to get put back together the first time you said that was my fault marriages don't seem to be healed the first time you do the little thing and don't make a smart reply when somebody said something you didn't like this time instead of doing what you've been doing you shut your mouth and it's a little thing but it's where mountains start moving it's where big things start shifting it's where it start turning around anybody with me in this thing come on we got to read one more thing and then we're, we're going to pray because we we're going to open some packages up today come on how many hear what I'm saying the one book in front of Zechariah earlier uh, or to your left in your Bible or you'll scroll back the other way in your device is Haggai I want you to go to chapter 2 with me we're gonna look at this so what do we see how do we unwrap the package of delay and discouragement first thing he said you've got to remember it's not by might it's not by power by my spirit says the Lord then you've got to remember that it's going to happen by grace. You're going to have to shout grace. That, 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 that's, an, a, that's a proactive thing. You understand? Shout grace. It, it, it's, it's like a weapon. The, the armies of the day, they understood that better than we do. The Israelites, they shouted when they worshiped. Some people think modern-day Pentecostals invented shouting. They shouted when they worshiped. Uh, the Jewish people did. They, 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 they understood that. You know why? Because they, were, they understood he's the Lord of hosts. You know every time, we, that's, that verbiage is in Zechariah, the Lord of hosts. That's who know I am. Host is a term that always refers to the angel armies of heaven. That's a military term. I'm the Lord of hosts. I'm the God of the armies of angels in heaven. How many angels? Well, we read in Scripture that there are thousands times thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. In other words, you can't count them. He's the God of the angel armies. And people that believe that get aggressive. Come on, how many listen to me right now? See, sometimes maybe your little thing would just be start worshiping again. You know, what we do, we, we, we've got 1,300 uh, excuses you know what I'm saying so we come to church and you know we and now now we're uh, you know I don't worship like I did but you know I'm mature now so that's what that is huh you mature spiritual arthritis is what you got I'm mature now I'm mature that's it 
Man, you used to love, oh, I love you, God. Thank you for everything. Now it's just like. And, and we'll even kind of get in our head, well, yeah, look at all them praising like that. They'll find out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do that. I'm mature now. No, you're dead. You're just dead. You're out of oil. You're drying up. Don't stare me down like that. So what happened? Maybe the little things, you start worshiping again. Did you ever used to worship like this? Did you really ever used to do that? And now it's just kind of like, Sometimes people think they're going to compliment me. I've heard them compliment me. I'll say, you know, Pastor, I don't, I don't really get into that whatever first stuff y'all do. But I really like your preaching. Wrong. My ego is not so bad. I got to have something like that. You think that? I, <laughs> no. No. I'm just going to save your embarrassment. Don't do that, all right? Don't tell me that. I don't like that first stuff. Everybody's mm, praising, shouting. Listen, if you've got a continuous flow of oil, you've got some worship in you. And the days you don't feel like worshiping are the days you need to worship the most. Now, everybody doesn't worship the same. They're different personalities. I don't mean you've got to rip, run, and race, act like a racehorse around here. But I'm saying somewhere on the inside of you, there ought to be some worship in there. It needs to be something that says, I love God. Something that'll bring a tear to your eyes, some joy in your spirit. Those Jews, when they worshiped the God of the angel army, they shouted, God, I love you, God. You know, that, it wasn't, that wasn't crazy. That was what you did. You just shouted, you know. They didn't shout at God. They shouted for God. They didn't go to impress people. You know, they, they weren't attending the church that looked best on their resume. They didn't go to church based on where I could make a business contact. They didn't go to church based on where I might hook up. They went to church because they loved God and they wanted to worship God. Worship God. We're too dignified now. We think worship people actually in the American church look down their nose at people that worship like the Bible says we're supposed to worship. <laughs> so, worship, shouted, shouted. When, they, when, the army, when the armies ran out, that's how they fought as they ran into battle, what they did, they shouted as they ran into battle. And there comes a time when you don't feel like it. The little thing may just be you get up off that place where you've been and you look at the enemy and you shout, Grace! 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 And the demons tremble and they say, My God, what are they doing right now? All right, Haggai 2, verse 1. Look at this. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel. Same guy. Another prophecy. And God was intent on this. Speak to him, son of Shiltiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, to Je the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? There are a few of the older people that as little children 
that had seen Solomon's temple. And what had happened, they were so locked in to comparing Solomon's temple to this one they were trying to build that they were discouraging this one because it didn't look like that one. Are you with me? And sometimes you and I can't see what God's trying to do right now because all we can do is hold on to what was way back there. And sometimes your healing on the inside is going to be connected to you letting go what happened way back there. God can't heal you today if all you can see is what happened over here. If you don't let go of that pain, you can't receive this blessing. If your whole measure of God is good, it's what happened 30 years ago. You might be stepping all over the gifts he's trying to give you today and you can't even recognize them. He said, you not only have the enemy opposing you, you're being your own enemy right now. How does it look now? He said, how does it look now? What does it seem to you? Like nothing? But now, be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, the priest, the governor. Be strong. Be strong, all of you people of the land. Sometimes you just got to be strong. <laughs> you got to have some courage. And what does he do? And what? Oh, work. Do something. Quit despising the small beginning. Get up out of your house and go lay some bricks. Move out of your discouragement. Quit talking about what you don't have. Do something with what you do have. Be strong. Go to work. Why? For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you. When you came out of Egypt, dear God, he said, your great, 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 great grandfather, I told him I was going to do this. I haven't forgotten what I said. And my, look at this, and my spirit remains among you. Not by my or power, by my spirit. Please look at this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I'll shake all nations, and the desire of all nations will come. He's talking about Christ, about the Messiah. He's prophesying. While he's speaking to them, he's prophesying about other things that are going to happen. Look at this. And I will fill this house with glory. Oh, says the Lord Almighty. Watch this. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Watch this. Watch this. The glory of this present house. The one you're all saying, oh, this don't look like the other one. Look. This was not as big as that one was. We don't have the same stones Solomon had. Uh-huh. Come on. What did, but, but, but what did he say? The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace. Do you see what God says? If you'll work, if you'll do the little things... If you'll shout grace at your mountains and not give up on God. He said what looks like nothing to some people, what's despised by some people. He said when you believe me and let me finish this job, the glory of this will be greater than anything you ever saw in your life. The glory of this will be better than what it was. Listen, you've got to let God heal you of what's back there so he can fill you with what's here in this moment right now. God wants his glory. Some 
things are broken and done and lost and gone and they're never coming back but God says I'm not the God who can only do it one time in your life he said if you'll do right now I'm going to make this better than that I'm going to put the glory in it that's better okay I want you to stand with me come on our worship team come we're, we're going we're gonna to open up some packages right now I'm thankful today that it's not by might or power, but it's by the Spirit of God. I've run to the end of me a lot in my life. Anybody ever gotten to the end of yourself? That's not a bad place. The end of me is the beginning of God, right? We're going to grace. Shout grace, he said. Shout grace. Grace means I can't do it, but God can Grace means it's bigger than me, and it's, it's, it's out of my reach, but God's got this thing. God's in control. God's in control. You're, you're going to have to try this. You're going to have to believe it. We're going to have to give it an opportunity in your life. There's something God promised you, but it's wrapped up in delay and discouragement. How do we open it up? Not by might or power, by spirit. You shout grace at it. You back up and say, this isn't me. It's God that's going to do this thing. God's going to do what I can't do. I'm not going to despise the small beginnings and I'm going to hold on to this that the glory of this latter thing of this present what you're doing is going to be far greater than anything you've ever done before Christians that say the best is yet to come are telling the truth that's not just a catchphrase but you may have to be bold and do a little work to get there anybody with me right now so what's my work? my work is to trust him my work is to believe him my work is to declare his word and worship when I feel like it and when I don't feel like it. Because I can't do it. God's going to do it by his spirit. Can I challenge you to trust him? Can I encourage you to trust him? Could, could I encourage you to go back at that package that you left under the tree because it was wrapped so nasty? Go look at it one more time. There's something there God promised you. The hardest thing in life is to give up on a promise. But what you do, you never want to go. It's hard to go back and look at it again. It's hard to go back. You know, we tend to glorify the things of the past because they're not real anymore. You, you got what I'm saying? Yesterday can't hurt me again today. You know, it, it's, it's just kind of funny. We do that with, with uh, political leaders. We do it with people in our family. We do it with uh, pastors. You know, while they're with you, you get to see all their wrinkles and warts and things. But then, then, then let him die, he becomes a saint. And the current God is real, trying to work it through. Oh, what brother so-and-so did. Oh, he's not like brother so-and-so. He can't do what he did. Oh, Jesus. Well, the reason you like brother so-and-so so much is he's not correcting you anymore. And he's not teaching you the word and making decisions you don't like. He's in heaven because he's perfect now. Come on, don't shout me down. See, I, I'm, no, I'm it around here. There's never been, I don't have a predecessor here, so you got me. But, I, but someday, I'm going to have a successor. Huh? And you know what? My prayer is that the glory of that house be greater than anything we ever did while I'm pastor of this church. And I'll be the biggest cheerleader and his biggest intercessor. And, and, you know, maybe they'll let me out of here, up, up here in my walker every once in a while. And, and I'm going to still tell you, shout grace to it.
<laughs> huh? Because it's about him, isn't it? Anybody want to shout grace this morning? Come on. Come on. Come on. I want, I, come on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on. Get the mountain. Get the mountain in front of you right now. You got the mountain? Come on. Get that mountain right here. Let's start saying grace. Grace. We say grace. We say grace. 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 We say grace. Grace. Who are you, O mountain? Who are you, O mountain? We laid the foundation. We're going to put the capstone on. Grace. Grace. We say grace. Grace to the mountain. Grace to the mountain. Not by might. Not by power. By my spirit, Lord said. By your spirit. By your spirit. Grace. 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 By your spirit, God. By your spirit, God. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we declare it's you and you alone. It's you and you alone, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, we're unwrapping some stuff right now. You know what you're doing? You're unwrapping that ugly package and found out the thing you've been looking for is right there. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.